Hey, John. Hey, Dan. How are you? Well, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing fine now. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, can we talk about your yeah, uh, sure your can. recent adventure? You had you had the uh, you had the COVID. Yeah, the Omicron. Because you know, in the future, when people listen to this, there will have been hundreds of variants by then. So you had the Omicron. I, I had the Omicron one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was it fun? No, it was pretty bad. Um, you know, I had all I had all my vaccinations and boosters and everything. You know, like they tell yeah. you. Sure. But as we were also told that it, it doesn't protect against Omicron, maybe they seem to say mm-hmm. that it keeps you from having severe illness. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe it did that for me. Maybe that's why I'm alive. I don't know. But I got it from my son uh, who got it from one of the four out of six teachers at his middle school that were out with it. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Because I hadn't seen another living human being besides like them in right. more than a week or so. I hadn't done anything, you know, except laundry. Right. And uh, you don't get it from laundry. I, that, I've read a lot of articles and I have not seen laundry as one of them. <laughs> it doesn't, seem, it doesn't seem to be the way you get it. So, you know, he, he, I think it was like Saturday night and he said, I feel dizzy. I said, well, you have COVID. Oh, boy. And he's like, do you think so? I'm like, obviously, yes, of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> and so the next morning, Sunday morning, he was way more dizzy and just feeling like run down and bad. And I'm like, well, you definitely have COVID now, as, as mm-hmm. does everyone else here. Mm-hmm. And that day, my daughter started to feel sick and she got like a hundred something degree fever and was just like aches and pains. And Sunday evening... I had what I would describe as a scratchy throat, yeah. which is not a sore throat. I never had a sore throat. Hmm. And um, the main symptoms that I had was about 101 degree fever for about two days. Hmm. I had a, a mild cough, like less than I might get from a cold. Mm-hmm. And I had like one of the days, like really brutal sinus pain and pressure and like the whole time my sinuses were hurting Ow! but the worst part of it was that for me was the fever and uh that all the things that come along with a fever i don't believe that those are covid specific things i think if you could ju- if you just snap your fingers and give someone a fever like they're gonna have body aches they're gonna have chills they're gonna not be comfortable they're gonna be delirious they're, you know all those things that come with just having a fever from anything where you just feel horrible. I had that for a couple of days and I've done a lot of research about um, the immune system because it's fascinating to me how it works. And one of the things that I've read consistently is goes against what everybody that I know does and would tell me to do, which is the minute that they have any kind of fever or pain or discomfort of any kind, they start taking Advil, Tylenol, whatever. And everything that I've read says that fevers are not something that you should be afraid of or you should avoid or that you should try to prevent because it's apparently a very important part, excuse me, of the way that your body gets over things and heals. Mm -hmm. And so that if, if it's possible, you should just ride out the fever because it's actually helping your body fight 
whatever the thing is that it's fighting. Why people, is there not a 70s rock song called Ride Out the Fever? <laughs> I don't think it's too late to make one. <laughs> I am 100% about Ride Out the Fever. <laughs> so, you know, like, I don't, I try to not take Advil or Tylenol or whatever. I just, I'm like, okay, you know, my body needs to have a fever. It's helping. It's getting, and, and maybe that makes it go faster. Maybe it learns more about the illness it's fighting so it does better next time. Or maybe I'm just stupid and putting myself through something unnecessarily. I don't know, but that's what I did. So I had two or three days of just feeling like that. And then after that, it's just that really like really run down feeling where by like three o'clock in the afternoon, you're like completely exhausted. You can't do anything. And the whole time you're just, you can't think straight. You're delirious. And I, I was like watching YouTube, and I learned how to sharpen knives. I remember that. Mm, I watched that's a good thing to learn a, when you're delirious. A movie called The Master with um, mm-hmm. some really mm-hmm. great, great. I mean, I highly recommend that movie. I was, I was definitely a character in the movie throughout certain points in my delirious state. I think I watched it two or three times. I don't know. It's a long movie. I think I watched it for <clears throat> a solid day, over and over. I don't know. <laughs> it's about Scientology, Dan. So that- yeah. That that seems right. It tracks. And then mm-hmm. uh, I also watched Sully um, with uh, Tom Hanks, the everyone's yeah. dad, Tom Hanks. Yep. yep. And I remember, you know, going in and out of consciousness a lot and being in that altered mind state that you're in when you have like a fever and, and you're sick and you're just on a sofa for long periods of time. You can't eat because everything is disgusting and you don't, you don't want to even drink and you know you have to and it's like a struggle. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I don't want to, you know, spoiler, but a plane has to do like a forced landing on the Hudson in New York. Yeah, it hits some birds. Yeah. And it and at one point, the people are like on the wing, like being rescued. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I remember feeling like intense emotional about this, like really being into this movie at this part. And it merged with a dream where I was, you know, on the plane. It was very weird. So anyway, you know, it basically just took me out. It took it from from start to finish. It was like a seven day thing where mm. at the end of the seventh day was like this Sunday night just a few days ago. And I remember saying to my son, I was like, this is the first time since this started where I actually am. am not just completely exhausted and feel like I'm dying at like six o'clock at night. And yeah, I'm pretty much back to normal. But, you know, I. It didn't, I'll tell you what, having had this now, I can tell you that this is an engineered virus. It's hundred percent engineered. I'm not saying it was, John, I'm not saying it was released intentionally. I'm not here to tell you that. I don't know. I don't think it was necessarily, but I, this is totally engineered. It has all the markings of an engineered virus and not a natural thing. Having had it, I can say this now with authority. Have you ever had an engineered virus before? No. And that's how I know this was one. I see. And what are the... What are the differences between a virus? You've had viruses, I know that. Oh, I've had oh, I've had viruses. You've been sick before. Yes. <clears throat> so, what were some of the flags, some of the telltale markers that that uh, set this virus in a different category? How how did you feel the engineering? You know, I think I think it's something you have to experience for yourself to really to really get it. You know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, there are. There are markers in the DNA of the virus that suggest, you know, that the RMYNO2 uh, is is not natural. 
You know, mm. I think I think once if eventually you are unfortunate enough to have it, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll understand. You just it. you feel it in you in a way that's like this isn't. Yeah, you're like this, this isn't is, right. Like, have you ever had something with? Okay, perfect, perfect way to explain this. Okay. You know, if you've had, reg, you know, like let's say I give you a piece of piece of cake, and I'm like try yeah. this cake. You're like, all right, I'll try it, and you try Please. it, and it's got raisins in it. No, and and you're oh, like, this no. is good cake. This it. tastes good. I like this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, good. I thought you would. And again, here's another piece of cake. And you eat it. You're like, there's something different about this. I'm like, oh, that has stevia in it instead of sugar. Oh, oh. You can taste it's a little dip. It's like, oh, oh what it's a not, mean trick. It's still sweet. It's still cake, but there's a little something off. That's that's how this is. Hmm. But joking aside, it was really a horrible experience, and I don't, I don't recommend it. Both of my kids got over it in less than half the time that I did though. Yes. And, and I will, I will just say that the worst parts of it were the fever, the sinus pressure, the congestion, but that I didn't really have like a much of a cough to sound like a little one that came and went. And I, my, I didn't really have like the runny nose thing. It, it didn't feel like people are like, Oh, it's like mild cold symptoms. It really wasn't like mild cold symptoms for me at all. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I will, I'll throw something else out there on Monday when I was feeling sick, like I, it wasn't like full blown yet, but I, on the Monday I was not feeling good. And I said, you know, I'm going to go try and get one of these tests that they do. Yeah. You can't get any tests in Austin. Like if you want to go and I, I still don't, I don't understand the point of this because like you want to get tested while you have it to know right. that if you have it, right. Like doesn't sure. that, so all of the tests were like a week, at least a week or so out. I'm like, well, what the hell good does that do anybody? None. Oh, I think I have COVID today. So on next Wednesday is when my test is. That doesn't help me. No. It's useless. But so I had to pay. I paid $120 Whoa. to go to the Tarrytown Pharmacy uh, drive through station, which is over off Shoal Creek. Sure. And, you know, you drive up, you call them. A nurse comes out in like full hazmat gear. And then they give you the little swab. You put it in there. And then it comes back in an hour. And uh, and I had read a lot of things about this Omicron saying that, that it doesn't show up in your nose, in your nostrils, as right. quickly as the other variants did. That, in fact, it's more in living in your throat. Some lives in your throat. Right. It will eventually make its way detectable in your nose, but not right away. And so, like, the 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 very forward-thinking doctors and people in medical are like, we'll swab your throat as well. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Good. But they don't let you do that at these testing centers. They won't let you do that. So, of course, it comes back negative. So check this out. I'd been double vaxxed and boosted, and I had a negative COVID test. Now I knew that I had COVID at that point, but yeah. I could have shown my negative test to people. I could have gone, you know, nightclubbing, whatever, right? You know, right. and people would have been like, "Oh, you look sick." I'm like, "Yeah, but I tested negative." That's messed up. It, it shouldn't be like that because I I passed all the criteria to be out in public mixing with mixing it up. So then on yes. Tuesday, a friend of mine was generous enough to drive one of their home tests that they had had an abundance. So the one person in Austin who was smart enough to like pre buy <laughs> them, yeah, and they gave me one of these tests, and so I I tested on Tuesday afternoon, and it was like instantly positive. Like instantaneously. Yeah. So, and the the thing I want to mention is that when I got it from my kids, 
I got it probably from them on Friday or Saturday when both of them had yet to have any symptoms or feel bad at all. Right. So all of the things that, that they've said about asymptomatic spreading and stuff, that's very real. All the stuff that they're saying about tests, not, you know, detecting it soon enough, all true. Mm. And no wonder this thing is spreading the way it is because you can feel perfectly great and not be sick yet and spread the hell out of this thing um, and maybe kill people in the process. So, wow. You know, it's been almost two years that we've been dealing with this and I have never felt closer to COVID or have felt like the system of detecting and preventing COVID was falling apart more than I do right now. I totally agree. I feel like we, you can't trust the tests. You can't trust the news. You can't trust what people say. You can't trust other people who say they feel good. You can't do anything. Every week, I get an email from my daughter's school saying, alert, someone in the school tested positive for covid Right, but we're but we're not canceling school because the CDC guidelines say that they, you know, that that person, something something, and it's yeah. like, <clears throat> oh, that person that was there all last week, uh, then tested for COVID on Sunday, but everybody's fine. Yeah, and it happens every week. And then uh, my daughter's mother went out with a friend who was who said. <clears throat> Everyone in her house had COVID, mm-hmm. but she tested negative. Oh, so she must not have it then. Must not have it. And then, so they went out for drinks. And I'm like, what is going on? What are you doing? Like a year ago, a year and a half ago, we didn't open the door to, to check the weather. You know, you wouldn't go. <laughs> right? <laughs> if somebody was coming down the sidewalk, you would go stand over in a puddle, you know, to let them pass. <laughs> yeah. And you're going out to drinks in a bar with someone whose family has COVID. Yeah, right. And she was like, well, she tested negative. Right. And then my sister flew to Colorado, mm. like Hee Haw Central, to celebrate her birthday in Steamboat Springs with the girl she went to high school with. And she gets there and she's texting me and she's like, no one in Steamboat is wearing a mask. And I'm like, cool, great. What did you think? It's Colorado. Like, it's more liberal than Idaho, but it's Colorado. They're, you know, everybody up there thinks that they're, I don't know what they think. I've been to Colorado. <laughs> I know what they think. I'm not going to slur the great state of Colorado on this show. But she's up there like, oh, yeah, well, everybody's just just skiing and not wearing masks and hanging out in bars. And I was like, well, good luck. And then she wrote and said, I have Omicron. Mm-hmm. And so does Heather and so do, you know, the rest. <clears throat> and I was like, well, swell. And let me guess, you're going to get on an airplane and fly back here. Well, Yeah. So she flew back mm. to Seattle with Omicron and quarantined herself. And at that point, uh, my kid's mother was quarantined kind of against her will because I was like, you went out to a bar with a person that whose family has Omicron. You now have to go sit in your comfortable chair and look at your phone by yourself. And so my daughter and I were quarantined over here for five days Mm -hmm. but she was going to school 
And every day I was getting an email from them like, oh, darn, another kid right. is out with Omicron, but it's fine. You can all come back. You know, don't worry. The CDC something, something. And I was like, why do I feel now of all the times like like it's just like everybody's just resigned to the fact that John's going to get Omicron. <laughs> That's what it all feels like. It feels like a giant, <clears throat> like universal thing where it's like, you know what? He was always going to get it. He's going to get it now. There's no protecting yourself, you know, every yeah, direction. Absolutely. I think that's why. And I think, <clears throat> and what makes this even more frustrating is like, I had a telehealth thing with my doctor and, you know, we were talking about it. I was kind of on the tail end of it by the time that I could uh, talk to him. He's been my doctor for more than the decade. Cool dude. And, you know, I was asking him some questions like, well, you know, am I, am I still contagious? He's like, well, the CDC's latest thing says you quarantine for five days. Uh, you know, isolate. And then five days after that, you wear a mask whenever you're out, but you don't need to do the 10 day thing anymore. I'm like, okay. I'm like, uh, and he's like, yeah, you're probably, that's probably fine. I said, all right. I, I said, am I immune to COVID now? And he's like, we don't know. I'm like, no, he's kind of laughing about it. He's like, no, nobody knows. I'm like, am I immune to like the Omicron strain? He's like, well, yeah. For uh, how long though? I'm like, I'm asking you how long he's like, who knows? He's like, maybe he's like at least a few weeks, I would guess. He's like, but but maybe, maybe not. He's like, maybe it would be a few months. Maybe you can never get it again. Who knows? But oh, you could certainly sweet. get another kind of COVID immediately. <laughs> I'm like, really? He's like, oh, you could get another COVID today. Mm. Like, so I could technically have both kinds. Like, sure. Mm. I'm like, does this one lessen the severity of the others? He's like, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Like truly they know nothing. They know absolutely nothing. And so the way that I'm thinking about this is for, I, I now believe that I am immune to Omicron for an extended period of time. I'm going to, I'm going to cap it at three months. Not like I'm going to change my behavior at all. This is just in like, I'm filing this data. I'm going to give myself three months immunity to Omicron. But I feel like by the time that I might be able to get reinfected by Omicron, that Omicron will be long gone. It'll be the next one that I will then not have any real immunity to. But I'll tell you, the biggest question that I have is, were my symptoms, did the vaccines and the boosters have any effect on this? Or was this simply just, it played out as if I had had nothing at all. That's what I don't know. That's what I'm curious about. And of course, there's no way to you, know. Right. You can never know. I'll never know. I mean, there, there, as, as is probably true for you in my family, there gradually evolved a consensus. <clears throat> oh, that we'd all had it. Oh, you guys sure. had all had it at some point. And, oh, and not at some it. point, you know, in the last two years, there have been three or four times when I had a scratchy throat and, you know, maybe it was pollen. Maybe it was that I wasn't sleeping well. You know, there were a couple of days where I felt really bad over the course of two years where I felt like, oh, man, I'm about to get really sick and I definitely have COVID. And then two days later, it was gone completely. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I guess not. Maybe I maybe I was huffing glue. <laughs> 
But then over time, you know, your mind kind of gets working on it. And it's like, I probably had it one of those times. And especially after we got vaccinated, it's like, oh, well, I probably had it. You know, a lot of people don't even know that they had it. So probably I was one of those. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's like, well, actually, I feel like if I got it, given my history with getting sick, I would uh-huh. get super duper sick and I would be right on the, you know, I'd be clinging to the edge. Yes. But in the fa- within the family, there was just kind of this like, oh, we probably had, how is it possible we didn't have it? And I'm like, well, it's really possible because we've avoided all human beings. <laughs> yes, it is very possible. Oh, no, you probably got it from the contractor all the way back in whatchamacallit. And I was like, the contractor is a 30-year-old Mexican guy who is strong in the prime of his life, like muscled and and full of health and living, you know, a, a life where he's full of energy drinks and those th- can kill anything. And he got sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it has nothing was, to do with any of that he stuff. He was laid out for two weeks. Sure. You know, this guy that could climb a pole with one hand and you're telling me I got it? And like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, probably. So now, <clears throat> I don't know. I might have had COVID three times. I might have... I want to I, I want to say though I know that there are people who are totally asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms. Like I know that. Um but I most of the people that I know and I'm I'm thinking of four or five people that I know who have gotten COVID within the last month. We all had had our vaccinations and boosters, and we all very much knew that we were sick. I, I know right. that there's people out there who well, are it's asymptomatic. An virus. Yeah, well, it's it. an engineered virus. You can tell. Yeah, you can feel the engineering. But honestly, I, I can tell you, you know when you have this. Like, mm. like maybe that was not true with the other ones, and maybe there's still plenty of people who are walking around not paying attention to it. But even the, the the one person that I'm friends with that had it and seemed to have a really mild case, they were still screwed up for two or three days where they were coughing and runny nose and like feeling run down and tired and crappy. I even know someone who did the Joe Rogan protocols and, and you know, took ivermectin where they oh, ordered they or- the toilet and hold your breath. Yeah. They ordered ivermectin from a pharmacy in India and they were putting colloidal silver in their nose and gargling with peroxide and taking ivermectin. And they still knew very much that they were sick. Like, I just don't think that there's a way. F- I mean, there's gotta be somebody who's getting this and has no symptoms, but you're going to know when you have it, like there you're, mm. you know, you're going to know, you might not know for the first couple of days, but like, you're going to know, especially because like, that's the only thing people are getting right now. If you feel sick, you have COVID, you just have it. I was well, so taking, dizzy. Have, the have morning have that I woke up Tuesday morning, I was so dizzy and like wrong. There's no way yeah. that you can just shrug that off. I'll just go to work like this. No, you're going to know you're sick. Like, you know, you're sick. Yeah. You texted me and said that you were, that you were doing badly and you don't ever do that. No. You're always like, I'm doing amazing. No, I'm, I was bad. I'm America's Dan Benjamin. <clears throat> well, the, the current problem, I don't, I don't want to throw my sister under the bus here, but she was of everyone in the family, the strictest 
about COVID protocols in 2020, and that continued into 2021, she was the one that was like, we can't, you know, like somebody went to the grocery store, so we can't see mom for a week. You know, the double mask, the hand washing, the all the original stuff, you know, she was like the taskmaster on mm. us. Mm-hmm. And somewhere around this, this past summer, after we were all vaccinated, but before the booster, she sa- started to say, well, we're vaccinated now and we're probably all going to get it anyway and herd immunity. And, you know, she just kind of started to say things that were a little bit less on the button. Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, we had all been grateful to her because she was the one that kept us straight. You know, those times when it was like, well, maybe, you know, <clears throat> maybe my daughter can go play with her friend or whatever. And she's like, no, her friend went to YMCA camp. You can't, they can't. And, you know, she kept us like really on the ball. But all of a sudden she started to say things that were like, huh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Is that really you know, last year we went to Alaska for her birthday, and and it was that was kind of just the beginning of like, are we really getting on an airplane? Why are we doing this? <laughs> We're going to Alaska for why? Everybody up there, talk about hee-haw. Everybody up there, I mean, they're not even taking ivermectin because they think that's part of the global conspiracy. You know, they're like, well, uh, cocaine fixes everything. <laughs> so, so... At some point, she went to Colorado for her birthday, and that was just like the whole state of Colorado is a super spreader event. And she was going to a she was going to the the middle of it, you know. And Steamboat Springs is like a hippie, rich people town, but also in Colorado, so it has the it has the three. It's like the the combination of the three worst things. You've got hippies that believe that they can take vitamins and cure all problems. They have rich people who believe that they don't. That rich people don't get disease. Sure. <laughs> and they have cowboys and Colorado people, who are, you know are just whatever Trump. And it's this perfect storm of people that are like, we can't get sick. We live we live in the charmed mountains. And so she gets it. And it's like, well, and she got really sick mm. and was really miserable. And we all felt bad, but also it was kind of like, what'd you expect? But now my sister of all of us is a very social creature. And in its, and the nicest part of that is that she's a community builder. Mm. She wants us all to have dinner together. She sure. wants to see the baby. She wants to be in the mix. And somebody like my mom or or uh, like my mom who who happily could go two weeks and not see another person and sure. kind of wouldn't notice. Right. Or me who's like, well, we could have dinner together or the other option is not. Right. You know, my sister is the one that gets us all like, no, 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 we're going to have family dinner on Sunday night. And it's like, oh, that was really nice. I'm glad we did that, you know. But but the other side of it is that she's now been in quarantine for 10 days and she's going crazy because that that desire to be social isn't just like 
oh, I love throwing cocktail parties. You know, it's a it's a it's an extrovert's deep motivation <laughs> to be with others. You yeah. Know? And so she's she's now in this kind of nebulous quarantine state because at a certain point along the way, she started to say, I got COVID before I went to Colorado. And I was like, what? Oh, yeah. I felt bad when I got on the plane. So I already had it. And Why like, are you on the plane, man? Well, but but what are you talking about? You got it in Seattle. We were all hanging out with each other right up, I mean, right up until you left. Like, we took you to the airport. We saw you the night before and the night before that. And, the, you know, we were all together in a bubble. So what do you mean you got it before you went? What is this narrative? And so she was like, I was sick the whole time I was in Colorado. So by the time I came back, I was probably over it. And I was like, what? You had a 103-degree fever two days after you got back from Colorado. Right. And so the narrative starts to change because, because, of, because COVID exists in our minds even more than it does in our lungs. And so now she's been back for a week and we've been saying, well, you had a fever until, I don't know, four days ago. So our mother is still 87. She's not, she didn't lose 20 years somewhere along the line. You know, we're still trying to protect her the same way we did in 2020. Why have, what has changed that now we're in, now we're not? You know, like you, you washed your hands for two minutes a year and a half ago. Right. Every time you touched a doorknob and now you're like, oh, I'm better. And so she's now sending messages where you can hear resentment in her voice. And she's sending things that say like, well, the CDC literature says that I didn't need to quarantine f five hours after I had my last symptom and, you know, you guys need to decide what you're comfortable with, but the, you know, I don't have to isolate anymore given the CDC, blah, 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 blah. And there's an element of it that's like, you know, she's, she is transferring her uh, frustration to mm -hmm. us right. as though we are too, it's not even that we're too cautious that we are personally excluding her for some reason mm -hmm. other, you know, that some reason that she, that, that none of us are admitting to like, you know, it's, it's, be, it's becoming personal in the text messages. And all of a sudden, like I'm the last of the old guard who says, if someone has COVID, let's not hang out with them. And all around me, Everybody's like, well, they tested negative. The CDC says that, you know, that if it's been three days, you can lick doorknobs. You can go into a supermarket <laughs> and lick the floor. Right. And I'm like, golly, I really don't want to get COVID still. I I still don't want to get it, you know. They, not more or less than two years ago when I didn't want to get it. The same amount. So, So now my sister's like, putting pretty significant pressure on, on the family it, in a series of texts 
that are like, well, I took a test, but the test didn't work. And, you know, the CDC literature says that I don't have to test negative before I go back in public. And I'm like, is this, does the CDC literature really not say you have, you have to test negative before you go back in public? Apparently it doesn't. And all this, like, um, all this parsing, this this fine-tooth combing of what the CDC says, an organization that a year and a half ago none of us would have said, I trust implicitly the mandates, you know, the advice of the CDC. So, Dan, I I don't know what to tell you except that I feel like the, the virus has morphed. Mm. It was originally... A uh, obviously an engineered virus released yeah, uh, maybe accidentally, mm-hmm. and then it then it uh, morphed into a series of nanobots, and then it became Omnicromb, mm-hmm. and now it's a mental disease. Like it's become a it's a social, uh, it's a it's a it's a disease that is uh, affecting the soul somehow. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it, hysteria has morphed into, you know, and, and what might have been an engineered hysteria has now morphed into the nanobot of all these microaggressions, <laughs> these <laughs> tiny texts yeah. that are like, well, you know, or, or my daughter's mother's friend's mother who said like, oh, my whole family has COVID, but I tested negative. And the CDC says that I can go to a bar and party. And I don't know how much smaller I can make my bubble. My bubble is going to end up being a bubble of me. Mm -hmm. And I already live in a bubble, Dan. Yeah. And I just, the frustrating part and one of the other reasons that I think this thing is so difficult. Like we know that the cold, common cold, as you say, is constantly changing, evolving, becoming something different. And it's not, nobody, nobody's surprised, especially if they have young kids in their house. Nobody's like surprised that they get colds frequently. Like if you have like a six, seven year old kid who's going to school pre-COVID, and they're coming home. They're get, you're going to get their cold every month or two. Like you're just going to get it. Nobody's like, I can't believe that I got a cold twice. Like, you know, of course you get a cold because there's millions of versions of the colds and other things out there. And I think, I think this COVID stuff is just it's it's that now. It's just there's different versions of it. And the question because because the first version of COVID and then Delta were so like deadly to people that. Everyone is probably correctly under the impression that COVID can kill you. Seems like it can. Mm-hmm. But we'll never really know now what if, if what we've done before, vaccines, boosters, other things, are actually helping us or not. Because everyone has been so... Tra- probably rightfully traumatized by the news media and everything else to think that if you get COVID, you're going to die. And there are people who get it and die. So like, it's so confusing. Like if they tell us that we need more boosters and vaccinations and people have had them and then gotten the COVID, 
are they going to be more willing to say, okay, yeah, sure, I'll get more vaccines because that's what saved me? Or are they going to say the vaccines did nothing? I still got sick. And they're probably both wrong and both right. And it's it's added to this confusion. I know so many people, well, not so many, I know a few people who did all the right things, did everything they're supposed to do, still got the Omicron and are now like, forget it, I'm not getting another vaccine. It's not worth it. It doesn't do anything. I'm like, but what wow. if that's what if that's what saved you? What if wow. that's what kept you out of the hospital? Why what if you're alive because of that? Like, eh, who knows? Right. What if that's why you can shoot web out of your that's out right. of the palm of your hand mm-hmm, now? Mm-hmm. I don't like getting sick at all. I have a small nose. And when sick gets in that small nose, it's my nose is small relative to the rest of me. <clears throat> it is awful, miserable. I don't mean to say that I get colds and they're worse than other people's colds. Mm-hmm. You just don't I like get, them. No, and I get terrible, terrible colds. And I never shake it, you know, like it's never a thing where I get a little cold and then two days later I shake it. Like every time I get a little sniffle in the course of my life, I know that I'm going to fight it for four or five days, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to get it and I'm going to have it for five days and then it's going to turn into an upper respiratory infection and then I'm going to have that for five days And after 20 days, I'm going to, you know, limp out of my, you know, sweat-soaked bedclothes and, you know, and claw my way back to the living. And over the years, as I've gotten older, you know, those colds have precipitated a kind of anxiety reaction to them. That I, that I didn't used to have, and now on top of all that, there's late-night panic, and there's, you know, there's just like tear-my-hair-out level of panic around not being able to breathe. And so I don't, you know, I can, get, I can talk myself into a panic attack just by thinking about getting sick, and I don't, I don't want it. And for the last two years, I haven't gotten sick. And it's been the greatest gift. I have not had my usual spring 20-day cold, and I haven't had my usual fall 20-day cold. And even better, I haven't had to listen to people tell me what I should have done or should do to not get sick or to make my colds not as bad. I haven't had to listen to people talk about vitamin C or exercise or positive mental attitudes or a thousand other cures for the common cold or the flu that they, that they pepper me with as I lay there in bed saying, please turn out the light and get the fuck out of my life. So yes, I agree that Omnicrom and COVID now have entered into a realm where they're just another one of the many diseases that we catch from one another. But this quarantine has been a revelation to me I don't have to go to rock shows anymore, which I realized once I didn't have to go to them that I didn't really like and hadn't for years. I don't have to go places and do things. I don't have to appear anywhere. And that's great. And I'm fine with it. And I'm not on the internet either. So it's like a whole revolution in my mind, but more than anything, I don't have to lay in bed and struggle to breathe. 
so I don't want to, <clears throat> I'm not cool with like, oh, I'm just going to go back and join life again and just assume that this is one of a thousand sicknesses I'm going to get as a part of being a human. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want either of those things, the sickness or the going back. I got a call yesterday from a friend who was like, hey, uh, you know, the giant multiplex movie theater up at Northgate Mall. Northgate Mall is a, they've, they've, they're redeveloping it or something, and it's a total ghost land. And they're showing that James Bond movie in this 900-seat theater up there, and every showing is empty. Nobody's going. It's, a, it's just an empty room. And he was like, do you want to go to the James Bond movie in an empty theater? And I was like, I totally do want to do that. And so this afternoon, I've got two, I've got two appointments today. I'm going to the cemetery mm-hmm. to meet with the, the, um, the lady who runs the cemetery to talk about cemetery things. Mm-hmm. Unrelated, <clears throat> unrelated to COVID, just normal cemetery business. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to the movies at what continues to be, if you go online and check to see if anybody's in this movie theater, continues to be a movie theater, a 900-seat theater that has sold two tickets, <laughs> one for me and one for this other guy. <laughs> right, sure. And we're going to sit and watch this James Bond movie, a movie we've already seen, mm-hmm. just for the fun of... And I didn't have the heart to tell him that uh, for the last year and a half, nobody's been going to the movies. And I've seen probably six movies in completely empty theaters, including Dune. I went and sat and sat and watched Dune in a, in a theater where I was the only living soul. And, uh, and so many movies, as soon as I realized they were showing movies again, like the first time I tentatively crept into the movie theater and they didn't have anybody working the ticket counter. You just bought your ticket from the popcorn person. And there was nobody anywhere. And I walked into the theater, nobody. Lights went down, not a soul. And I was like, this is the greatest. So I've been going to movies the whole time. <laughs> Nobody's there. It's been great. Uh, but so I'm, I'm doing that. And that is going to suffice as my social experience for, well, as long as I can, as long as I can go before somebody else makes me do a thing. Yeah. And it feels like a new it feels like a new way of living, Dan. It feels like a, a a a friend was flying through town. He was in he was in Vancouver. He was connecting in Seattle before he flew to New York, and there was a fog event. We've been getting you know those when your phone gives you an alert, like Amber Alert. Yes. And your your phone rings for some or buzzes, and you're like, what the hell is going on? It did it the other day here. It was like all of our phones and we picked them up like, what's going on? You know, cause out here it could be like, is it a tsunami? Is it a volcano? And it said fog event, a term I had never heard of. I don't know what that, I guess I've never it's, heard. It's foggy, right? It's a fog event. And, and I felt like, well, none of us are tugboat operators. So why <laughs> does it, what was this? A fog event? Are you guys really that bored at wherever it is that you're that you do these alerts? Like it gets foggy here. It's a sea port in the north. Fog has always been part of our it's what it's one of the wonderful things about it. Fog event. Mm-hmm. 
but apparently they they shut a bunch of flights down at SeaTac, and I'm like, all these planes can fly themselves. They're all robot flying now. The yeah. pilots are just there to to eat crackers and have somebody to blame if something goes wrong. You can fly in and out of fog. We've been able to do that since the '60s. But maybe it's just it's 20s. maybe it's poorly advised. Yeah, maybe you know. But a seven six seven, it it can a seven six seven could fly into outer space. You know, it does fog. What's the? Who cares? Anyway, his flights got delayed because of a fog event. And he said, hey, you know, why don't you come uh, pick me up at the airport and we'll go get some food or something. And I was like, great. And on my way to the airport, I went, oh, wait a minute. What am I doing? You're on an airplane. COVID. I'm going to pick you up and put you in my car and take you to a restaurant and we're going to sit across the table from, I haven't, you know, what am I thinking? It just, it, it had skipped my mind for a second. Oh, my friend's in from out of town. Yeah, let's go get a, a steak. And so I got there and I was like, I'm not putting you in my car, super spreader. Yeah. And so we instead spent two hours just walking around the airport together with our N95 masks on. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I brought you a chocolate bar. But I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. I, 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 there's nothing I want more than for us to go to 13 Coins and get a steak, but... But that's irresponsible. Right. And he was very understanding, of course. But it was crazy to me that I it only occurred to me on my way there. I should have, when he wrote, said, Boy, that sounds like a great thing. Maybe we can do it some other some other year. And and you know, partly it is, yeah, we're all exhausted and bored, and it would be nice. It would be nice. Kind of to see other people, sort of. Yeah. I mean, if you were coming through town, Dan, I would make an exception. I would say Dan's already had it. And I've probably had it three times because I got a <laughs> stuffy stuffy nose for six hours <laughs> uh-huh. in March of 2020. Yeah. 